0: courtside indiana podcast is brought to you by metro indie basketball fall league the 14th annual fall league runs from sundays october 11th through november 1st for more information and to register visit metroindiebasketball.com also box out sports the best sports graphics platform built for speed and control with your organization in mind try it now for free at boxoutsports.com Welcome to Courtside Indiana Podcast. Uh, this is Jim Reamer. We are recording episode 30 uh, for the year and joined, as always, with, by Zach Tyler. Zach, how are you doing this afternoon?
1: Doing well. Daughter had a couple soccer games today. We got that taken care of. Now we're ready to get down to business here. Get down to business for? We start back fully next week in school. Oh, for school. Yeah.
0: Yep. I don't know if you meant like soccer was getting serious or what, but
1: well, it is, that's getting serious also. So seven year olds yeah. as serious as that can get. Oh gosh. Yeah.
0: I'm not sure I could do that. so <laughs> I, I suppose you ease into it when you're, when you've got kids and you do that. But I, I see a lot of friends around here that their kids are, you know, they're coming up playing basketball and they, they want to talk about, you know, coaching and training and all that. And I'm just like, Oh my God, it starts that soon. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't know if I could, what level I could coach at that regard. I guess I could help them out locally, but I tend to steer them to friends who do it for, you know, who do it for like a little bit of extra money or young guys who are doing it, for, definitely young guys who are doing it for extra money. But sure. Uh, sure. Yeah, my week was uh, I had to get a COVID test. So that was, that was fun. Um, group of ours, a couple of people in our little, social group where we spend a lot of times where it's mostly me watching games on tv but but um tested positive husband and wife friends of mine tested positive and then another group of about six of us one by one had to go get tested and and uh one by one we came back negative so that was good but the um to quote the great tom petty the waiting was the hardest part it was um kept waiting the things to get worse it never happened I had a little bit of a cold that I still kind of have and and um, you know at that point you're worried about the people around you sure I can't go visit my grandmother things like that can't help my mother do things um, only child only grandchild so you kind of you're the you're the one so that was sort of a difficult stretched there, but uh, everything came back negative, and then her husband uh, the husband went and got retested because their kids had to get a test to go back to school um, I guess the Carmel you're sort of on an honor system if your family somebody in your family tests positive then you've got you've got to almost set out until you get a negative test so so he he went ahead and got retested and then he came back negative so so maybe they had false positives or and all of us were worried for nothing, but that's, that's the state of things that, that we're in. So yeah, definitely. Um, I was completely fine with getting tested. I, I will probably get tested again early next week just to make sure I don't have a false negative, but, but, um, but yeah, I was in the gym today, but had the mask on, keeping my distance and except for a couple of guys that, you know, already knew what was going on. So, but um I was in watching some games for about an hour earlier today. So then I came home. So, um, well, here we are. We, uh, it's kind of a slow week recruiting-wise, right? Yeah, we got a handful yeah. of offers here to talk about. At least in terms of the offers, we do have some news, right? We've got some transfers and an injury, and then we're going to break down the class of 2023 shooting guards. And But as always, we're going to start the podcast with you updating us on recruiting.
1: Yeah, so uh, I'll start with Matt Jones from University. Got an offer from Eureka. Thomas Latham from New Haven up here by Fort Wayne. Got an offer from St. Francis there in town. Um, yep. Kalen Swearingen from Northview. Picked up a couple offers this week from Franklin and Midway. Brody Whitaker also picked up a couple offers. He's from Greencastle. He got the couple Crossroads offers, actually. Marion and Grace, they yep. joined Bethel. They joined Bethel's the other Crossroads League offer for him. Uh, Mason Brooks from North Putnam, Franklin offer. Isaiah Davis from Greenwood Christian, Missouri Western State. Um, Kyle Krim from Morristown, a Hanover offer. And then Blake Davison from Leo got an IUSB offer this week.
0: Yeah. The, 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 swear engine offers, were they current? Or were we just getting caught up on those? Uh, I believe they were current from what okay. coach told me. Okay. That was good. Yeah. Appreciate, appreciate that update. We don't, you do more of the following of kids on Twitter than I do, but um, as far as lists and things like that, but it was, it was nice of him to send it. He was, he was good to get that information that the Latham, the Latham to St. Francis that makes a ton of sense. I've been impressed with him a little bit for what I saw in the summer. The, the Whitaker ones to me, he's one of the kids in this class that's being under recruited. I, I tend to look at him as if I'm a division two school and going after him. Yeah. Um, I just think he's such a complete player offensively. I think he is, you, you've almost got to look at him and wonder if he can guard a two and a three at, at that level. I tend to think he can't. I just think he's, he's a tough kid who will understand angles and be good in the system. I don't, I know the crossroads league schools will not want me preaching his virtues too too loudly. Um, But that's a kid that I think is pretty under-recruited so far. And and his probably, as we talked about kids that were affected by COVID and coaches not being out, I think most of our focus was at the D1 level. And I I think Brody's probably one of those kids that's really been impacted. Yeah, sure. Um, You know, I could be completely wrong on that, but I've seen him play. I've seen his team this summer play some top teams. He has never failed to be to be competitive. He has never failed to be a go-to guy and and a guy that can keep him close for a while. Um, And him and he plays with Brooks. Brooks does, usually does a pretty good job too, but it's Whitaker that usually keeps him in it. And then it's the other positions where they just, they get beat out athletically or size wise is when it tends to make a difference, but been really impressed with Brody Whitaker uh, this summer. And I'm sure during the school year, he'll continue to do that. So um, Isaiah Davis, that was a Northwestern state as a division two school. Um, Did not, I I know we've got it, I've got it written down. Let me check here real quick, what conference they're in. Um, um, Find the right list. hate to do this on the fly, but it is what it is. They are, um, wrong list. There we go the Mid-American Intercollegiate. So they are sort of interweaving with the GLVC schools, um, mostly uh, Missouri, Kansas, those types of schools, Iowa. Um, so that's that's a, it's a good level. It's a good offer for him too. So had you seen Latham much? Did you see him at all during the school year? Who's...
1: No, I, I didn't get over there to see yeah. him this year. <clears throat> Can't remember who was telling me to see him, and it was I've heard good really sp- good things. Yeah, he
0: he was um, trying to think who it was that told me about him, but I, I I like him because I think he's got a he's got a pretty complete skill set. He shoots the ball well. He can definitely score in the post, um, and and probably will be a a good stretch four type guy in the Crossroads League. But a tough kid who I think can, can guard bigger kids, in, especially in a pinch, especially in a switch situation, um, and isn't going to get destroyed if he gets caught on a switch on ball screen action. So just, just really like, liked him um, early in the year. But um, the um, – Keon Thompson – Transferred from Maryville to – what did we say? National, National Top Sports.
1: National top Sports, yes, in Orlando, in, Florida.
0: Or, in Orlando. And then Keyshawn Ware from Crispus Attucks. Transferred to NE – I'm assuming the NE stands for Northeast Los Angeles Prep Academy in Los Angeles. I didn't bother to look up what the NELA stood for. Um. They're in their first year. The national top sports is, I, I don't, you know, I don't know. I, you were, you were wondering what Coach Patton thought of it, and I, I mentioned that he had sort of taken the high road on Twitter, which is, you know, good for him. It directly impacted, I probably would have done the same, but I don't know what the hell some of these guys are thinking or what they're being promised or what they're being told. Um, I always worry when – I think when you look at these prep schools and when you really dig down deep – I think we've said this before, or I've said this before – when you really dig down deep into their schedule, they might have one or two games, maybe maybe as many as four. Like I mean, La Lumaire plays a legitimate schedule, but they still have a large number of teams they play that – just garbage, you know, because they don't have as much to, to pick from as a, as a regular school team does. So some of that's not their fault, but, but it sort of levels out the idea that you're playing a, a you know, a hyper competitive schedule, because in reality, none of those schools do a small part of their schedule is in a Lu's case. They do get games on national TV around Christmas time, or, or maybe at the end of the year when they have that, uh, what it amounts to being national championship, which is just mostly prep schools. Um, But a lot of those schools are poorly coached. A lot of those schools are at least poorly coached by Indiana standards. And maybe we're snobs about it. I don't know, but, but I don't know what these guys get out of it other than they don't have to go to class every day or they don't have to go to traditional class every day. I don't know what they're looking for. Um, I don't think I'm naive to it. I'm sure I missed the boat on some of them. And I know the Northeast part of the country has legitimate prep schools. Jeff Shanley, who's a good friend of mine, who's kind of does the same thing we're doing. He coached out there for a year in in the the Northeast or that New England prep school league. And that's a legitimate situation. Places like Oak Hill is legitimate, you know, Um, you know, Lalu is, is a legitimate school. Um, their basketball program sort of separate, but at least it's a legitimate school. But this national top sports thing looks shaky as shaky can be. So maybe somebody will contact me and tell me I'm wrong. Uh, <laughs> but until then, uh, I, I think Keon Thompson, Kushon, were kind of being sold a bill of goods, but that's just me. So,
1: yeah, I mean, um, time, will, time will tell with the offers they receive, I guess, is, uh, is I guess the reason they would do something like that. Keyshawn okay, Ware, sure. I, I, obviously, is a 2023 kid that we would have talked about today. or We probably will a little bit, but we will. Keon, Keon going into his senior year, I mean, <clears throat> obviously doesn't like the offers he has and thinks he can get Power 5 or Power 4 offers and is going down there to seek those is what it sounds like. Well, he needs to change the way he plays
0: is the bottom line on that. He's a wonderful talent. He can absolutely prove he, – he proved in the sectional that he can put Maryville on their back. Um, and carry him to a sectional title. They upset Munster, which was my pick to get to the state championship game, even beating Carmel um, at the semi-state level last year. That was my prediction. Um, but he's a six-foot, one-inch – he's basically Carson Cunningham – or Carson Cunningham, not Carson Cunningham. Definitely not Carson Cunningham. He's Carson Edwards. He reminds me a lot of Carson Edwards. And and that's and that's fine, but you better shoot the ball at Carson Edwards, and he can't not yet. And if, if somebody can see that and believe in him at the high level at the high major level, then they will take a chance on it because physically he's got everything he needs. Um, but I know we've broken his da- game down a lot before. Um, He's got everything he needs physically, athletically, he has it. He's a strong kid. Play he does play hard. But he has he shows no vision in the half court. Um he predetermines a lot of his scoring decisions. And sometimes a lot of times they do work out, but sometimes when they don't, it 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 goes it goes awry pretty quickly. You know, and Merivale plays a good schedule. They were nine and twelve last year, if I remember correctly, or they maybe they were nine and twelve going into the tournament. Um, and that's probably why, because you could game plan that. And when you game plan situations like that, you can remove a, you can remove some things that kids do well. You can remove some things that professionals do well when you really game plan. We see that at the NBA level, where guys get scouted out, literally out, <laughs> literally out of games. Yep. Yep. Um, <clears throat> You know, and I, you know, and when you're when you're a first year coach and you're looking at Keon as a talent, you're trying to get him to, to adjust and play a certain way. Um, you you've got to make allowances, but also understanding too that a lot of those losses that Merrillville had last year, individually, they're not bad losses because they do play a good schedule. Um, but if Keon Thompson was truly a high major player, they wouldn't have been nine and twelve. Right. That's, that's my thought. Um, The where situation have a high major offer or two. There's that as well. And I, you know, a lot of these guys have watched him play. He's not Mm -hmm. without exposure. I'm not trying to, to bag on him, but when you, when you hear, and it's no different than families that want to do prep school as post-grad situations, you're not going to drastically change your recruiting unless you change how you play, change how you prepare. Th- those those have to be the two things that, that change the most when you make these decisions. And I don't think Keon Thompson going to national top sports is going to put him in a position where he, he changes the way he plays because I don't think he's going to be playing with a whole lot more talent there than he is at Merrillville. And there, there's no way he's going to play against more talent than he would have if he stayed at Merrillville. Um. You know, they, whatever video, maybe their maybe their website's not updated, and their videos that they have posted are not updated. But it 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 looked like a couple of varsity kids playing with a bunch of JV kids against some bad competition. So, you know, I could be could be way off on that. Maybe things have changed since they've updated their website, and that's on them to to make that change to present the best face possible. Um, not that anybody's asking either one of us. <laughs> but that's, if that's your main recruiting tool or one of your recruiting tools, I'd make damn sure that website was up to date. So we're going to LA. Know nothing about that school, right?
1: Nothing. I mean, you were the one that told me it was the first year. Look, Yeah. What? Well, again, that's what the website is saying. So hopefully that's updated, <laughs> you know, and that's look,
0: addicts is going to be extremely deep this year. You know when you're when you're young, when you're the parent of a young player, do you do you make decisions like, hey, I want my kid to go somewhere where he's going to be featured, or, hey, I don't think these kids are as good as what? I, you know, again, I don't know what the situation there is. Um, Q's a talented kid. We might as well talk about him now. He can shoot the ball. He he, he does. He's able to score off the dribble. He's a capable defender. Uh, I know last year he didn't start. At least the games I saw he didn't start, um, which that's – you know, addicts was really good. And how they score this year was going to be drastically changed because Sincere McMahon graduated, and, and he soaked up a lot of shots, a lot of usage. And Jalen Hooks transferring in was going was gonna to obviously absorb some of that usage. But it wasn't going to be the situation where it was going to be one kid taking – 60% of the shots. They were going to be a lot more balanced this year, along with uh, Jalen Carson and Donovan Barrett Barnett, sorry, Donovan Barnett. And they probably have some other pieces that are escaping my mind right now, either kids that are there that are going to improve or kids that have moved in just because of the shuffling that goes on a lot um, in the city. Um, but hooks going to to addicts certainly changes their prospects based on what they lost last year, but, but Ware and hooks are friends. So it's not, it's definitely not about that, but I, you know, it probably is about role. Um, but you know, addicts has things going pretty well there when they're, you know, when they're not forced to play at the four, a level, um, a little little easier for them in March um, so I'm, I, I can't remember now if they're in 4A because of the success factor or if they're in 4A because they've just grown that much I don't know um, but you know where transferring there I don't it just doesn't seem like a good idea I don't know we'll see He, I'm going to guess he doesn't stay there for three years let's just put it that way I would be shocked if he stays there for three years hopefully he comes back you know, hopefully he comes back to Indiana. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, you know, credit to both Coach Patton and Coach Hawkins for taking the high road. I, I'm i not in a position – neither you or I are in a position where we have to do that <laughs> with these. I, I probably yeah. – I know I would if I was – I wouldn't have said anything on Twitter. So, you know, I know if you're – but if you're a school coach, you do have to at least – Yeah. Prop up the rest of your kids and let them know that they're the ones who want to be there and they're the ones you're going to go to war with. So. But. Any uh, any additional thoughts on that? Anything. Uh, I mean. Anything you've heard out differently than what we've talked about?
1: No, nothing really. I've heard differently. I mean, a lot of the self for prep schools I know is just connections. Prep schools having connections to the bigger the bigger boys that they try to push kids to. So that can yeah, always be a sell for kids prep schools. Yeah, that that degree it's a lot of garbage. I am
0: mean, sure they probably have a couple of people whose ears they have, but but you know, there's there's no way that they have more connections than Chris Hawkins at Crispus Attics. There's no way they have more connections than Bo Patton. So absolutely positively no way. Because you know, again, it, it wasn't like Keon wasn't getting seen. Now, you know, Q different. He's young. Recruiting for most of these guys doesn't start right now, but there's, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. Now, if you tell me the guy, at La Mir has more connections, sure, directly, maybe quickly, he might have a, you know, more f- phone numbers in his, more phone numbers in his, uh, in his phone, but there's no way that, He's going to have that much of an easier time getting guys to his gyms than what Bo Patton is going to get a kid at Mariville. It takes nothing for us to get a kid to get a coach to get into Carmel at some point. I mean, I, they're not going to do it on the snap, but if I called a coach and told him that we had a high major kid at Carmel, if Ryan Osborne called a coach and said we got a high major kid at Carmel, it would be four or five days before they would get – it wouldn't take long for that coach to show up. So, um, you know, anyway. The, um, in the bad news department, Draven Gibbs I, – I don't think this is a secret by any stretch of the imagination, but I haven't seen it reported yet. Draven Gibbs played much of the summer with a broken foot or a broken bone in his foot and has now come to the point where that injury is requiring surgery. Odds are he's going to be out for six months. It's a, it's a bone on top of his foot. They don't. His father couldn't confirm which bone, so we don't know if it's the, the well-reported Jones fracture or one of the other two major bone breaks in that foot. Not even sure if it's any of the, the, the ones that we hear a lot at the NBA level, but, but he is definitely going to have surgery. He's going to be out five to six months. He has, that hasn't happened yet, which pretty much puts him out for the school season. May even bleed, depending on when his surgery is, may even bleed into the summer. Um, you know, a lot of those Jones fracture surgeries for you know, at the NBA level, those dudes are out for nine months. So maybe it's not that one. But he looks like he's definitely going to miss the school year, and that's going to crush McCutcheon.
1: Yeah, without a doubt.
0: Um. Anyway, it's, that's bad. Now, you know, there's always a little rumor that he may be leaving for a prep school, but we'll see. Um. We'll see what happens there. Sometimes those, you know, like look, those guys leave friends too. That's not always easy to do, and 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 leaving home isn't easy to do either. So. But yeah, so that's a bad that's a bad bit of news from McCutcheon. Um, but you know, Shira will do a good job of getting those guys up, and 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 they're they're going to be young. Even with him, well, he's a sophomore, so he doesn't impact them. I mean, he's definitely their most experienced player back. Um, so, but it'll be a challenge for them. 'Cause I know they were they were obviously gonna bank on him big time, but but they were gonna be young outside of him anyway. I'm not sure really how many seniors they were expected to play. So this definitely is gonna be a transition year from a at least on paper. So we'll see where that goes. But um anyway. Um all right, shuffling in real quick, shooting guards, right? Class of yeah, 2023. Let's do, let's do it. It's um it's not a bad position. It's I don't know if it's as deep as the point guards that we talked about last week, we're going to cover about eight or nine of them here to some decent depth. Um, and then um, we might throw some other names there at the end, and then that'll, that'll be the end of it for this week. But uh, go ahead with um, one of the guys you've
1: seen a little bit, talk a little bit about Kamari Slaughter. Yeah, Kamari Slaughter um, out of Portage up here by me. Uh, average to a second-leading scorer on the team, averaging 14 points, nine rebounds, uh, just under four assists and two steals a game. Uh, started most of the season. Like his game. He's long, strong. Uh, handles are improving. Go like he got it going on. Yeah, he's got it going on. <laughs> uh, I feel like he can score at all three levels. Maybe shooting needs to prove just a pinch, but I feel like he can score at all three levels. Uh, can finish at the rim. Mid-range game's nice. Can pull up and hit some jumpers on you in the mid-range. Uh, also, like I said, rebounds well. Solid defender for the most part. I Yeah, I think he's a wonderful defender. Um, yeah. Did you see him play during the summer? Uh, just a, a little bit on video is what I saw, but just, just that okay. one time during the school year I saw him. Yeah, he was – I mean, I think he's got a chance to be one of the best defenders in the class.
0: So he's just physically speaking, he's, he's got that capability and I think he's got the mentality for it too. Um, I like the job Mike Kobe does for their summer team. He's, he's a kind of a motion guy, probably a little bit more of a motion guy when he's, when he was coach on their, their school program. Um, but I like that he continues it to, to a little bit in the summer. He's got Slaughter and, and Ashton Williamson and then, D.J. Moss as well. We'll slide into him um, after we move on from Kamari. But yeah, I, I like Kamari. He, he needs to shoot the ball a little bit better. Yeah, but I like too that he can be a primary ball handler. I, I think in the summer he does it. He and Williamson kind of share that duty. Um, Portage Gambo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're fun to watch because <laughs> uh, those two kids n- never not play hard. Right. They're they're both two way players. They they both can play fast. They both they just constantly pressuring people on both sides of the ball. Um. Yeah, I, I love I love Slaughter. I, he's um, I still think he projects more as a shooting guard. Uh, but but he does have a lot of primary ball handling responsibilities. I don't know did he did he do that as a freshman at Portage.
1: Uh, a little bit. They have another smaller guard that starts for them. Uh, yeah. who will be a senior but okay. he, a little bit he would, yeah. And really, at the high
0: school level, Kamari can guard four positions. He probably can yeah. guard all five positions at the high sure. school level. Six, four, and strong. Long and strong. Yeah, I know. We keep going back to that. But, <laughs> I mean, it's just – he's uniquely strong. I mean, he's an early maturing kid, but he's also a kid that his skill set's going to translate to the next level. Yeah, no doubt. You know, and and you you know you wonder – the more his shot gets developed, the more he becomes a high major player. He's, he's definitely physically capable of being that kind of player. He's, he's athletically capable. Um, he's an unselfish kid. I love the decisions he makes in transition. Uh, he's always looking for people. You know, half-court stuff, you know, I've not seen Portage play in a couple of years. Um, I went up and watched him play against Lowell when Manis was a freshman. Haven't seen him in school ball since. Um, but, you know, what I like about Kamara, he's always looking for people. Always. Um, I think sometimes he's he's probably overpassing. And, and sometimes the ball does stick with him. So I think that's that's probably the biggest thing when you consider, you know, what is he a point guard? Is he a shooting guard? I think sometimes the ball does stick in his hands a little bit and maybe as his shot improves that becomes less of an issue because he, instead of catching and looking and hanging on to it and maybe isoing he's catching and shooting and that becomes a bigger function of his game but there's a lot there's a lot to like about his game and and any complaint at this point is just you're just trying to figure out which direction his skill set's going to go so yeah. then the flip side of that is DJ Moss who's a, who grew up a portage kid at least middle school, he was a poor age kid, transferred to one of the Plainfield schools in the western suburbs of uh, Chicago, Plainfield-Naperville area. Plainfield has four high schools, best I can tell. Could not figure out which one he was at last year. Uh, Really, when when I did the transfer episode, I wanted to detail that a little bit, but Moss transferred back to Indiana. He's enrolled at Gary 21st Century, or at least that was the plan, uh, heading into the school year. Haven't heard differently. Um, he is – he can shoot it. He can drive it. He can finish any way you want. He is extremely good offensively. Um, he is very smooth with the ball. He, he kind of glides through the air. He, he's athletic. He can finish the rim. Defensively, he's capable. He's definitely disinterested there at times. I kind of think he knows that, you know, he, I know he can take an ash chewing because he gets blitzed every now and then verbally by Kobe, you know, by his summer coach for, for give it, you know, for losing concentration on defense. Um, he likes to gamble defensively, likes to make plays. It, it's fun to watch when it works. <laughs> it's frustrating. I'm smiling now when I say it, it's frustrating sometimes when he doesn't. Um, but when he shoots a gap and gets it, it it's going to be something that's worth getting some pictures on. I shot a lot of shot a lot of photography, a lot of did a lot of uh, picture shooting in the in the summer when we weren't playing. And he would come up to me after games and ask me if I got anything good, and I'd have to go back home and look at it and send it to him. But he's fun to watch. Um, as he tightens up defensively, he's got a chance. I mean, he's going to be. I mean, you look at what's come out of Gary Twenty First Century the last few years. He's going to be no worse than that. Um, I mean, they've obviously produced a couple of guys that put up some huge numbers, and he's going to be with Johnny Davis and Eugene Parker. I got that right. Yeah, he's going to be that guy. No, no worse than that. Um, he um, he's dynamic offensively, so. Um, you've not seen him yet have you I have not no. I mean in fairness he's been out of state he was out of state last year yeah. so um, we talked a little bit about Cushon Ware another Indianapolis area kid a couple of other Indianapolis area kids Jaden Pinkston and Jerron Tibbs Pinkston is at uh, Tenley. he and his brother Jeffrey are both there uh, Jaden is more skilled than Jeffrey Jeffrey more of a power forward Jaden's more of a wing you can kind of split hairs and if he's a two or a three a, another kid that has to improve his shot um another kid that is f- very fine athletically very fine physically um good in transition uh again an unselfish kid a kid that can doesn't finish as well as slaughter or, or moss in transition um uh, Gets a little in between sometimes when he's when he's getting to the basket. Uh, as he improves his shot, you know, he's it's, it's only going to make his ability to drive a little bit better. They, they play in a situation where they had three freshmen last year get a lot of minutes. Two of them started, him and, and Billy Brown. And the Brown kid, we talked last week at the point guards, the, the Brown kid does get a lot of shots up. And I think as Pinkston's offensive game, as he starts to refine it a little bit, you'll see some of that drift in his direction. Uh, he, But he's also a football player. And how much he gets in the gym during the fall, I don't know. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of those guys, football is just kind of something to do in the fall, especially when you're in a smaller school. Um, but I'm sure he's probably a pretty imposing figure on the football field at that level. But – he, he's improved a lot the last couple of years, so I, I look for that to continue. And, and Omar Dillard is going to do a good job of getting those guys, you know, developed. So, um, uh, Jerron Tibbs is at cathedral. He's a kid. He's sort of interesting. He's a kid that's six four, really solid defensive player. Offensively is going to be good. Right now he has struggled in the summer with cathedral. Mostly, I think, just trying to find his way. You know, he's he's going to be the fourth or fifth option almost the entire time he's on the floor. And I think when he's a kid that has a more defined role, it's easier to see what he can do. Uh, he was a Ben Davis kid originally. And for them, you know, for them, he was a kid that they they counted on. And so when their their group was playing – the the two Ben Davis schools were playing together. He's kind of a go-to guy. And and his role at Ben Davis wouldn't be any differently than it would be at Cathedral this year. But So I don't know that it would change in terms of his production. But there's just times where you you can tell he's searching for it offensively. Um, and that's a function of youth. I mean, you know, Cathedral's going to have – couple of options ahead of him I mean they're going to have Tayshon Comer you know they're going to have uh, Vincent Brady they're going to have those guys that are definitely go-to guys they're going to have um, uh, Peter Moe their big kid and then that you know they're going to have other guys too that are seniors that are going to get shots and he's going to have to find his way there and he, and he may be a kid that starts he, he's probably going to be their first kid off the bench but but he's going to be a kid that gets a lot of playing time, and there's just going to, he's just going to have to find his way offensively. Jake Davis is another kid in his, in his grade that we'll get to eventually as we move into the forward positions in the coming week, upcoming weeks. Jake's a kid that's got a little bit more of a defined role for them offensively because he'll be a ball screen guy. He'll be a guy that can pick and pop. And, and, um, but what I like about Tibbs is he does shoot the ball well, shoots it, shoots it pretty well. So you can sort of see the things that he's good at. And as he gets older, um, as he gets older and those guys graduate out, he's going to be a bigger role. And you'll just see all of a sudden his numbers will just pop. And, and, you know, people outside of it will wonder where this kid's been. But the reality is he's got the talent. He's just got to figure his role out and, and how much usage he gets. And um, one more Indianapolis area kid is uh, miles colvin at heritage christian again a kid that got a lot of varsity time last year as a freshman on a team that returns everybody now i imagine he'll start this year um he's just he's got a lot of talent six three he can really shoot it he's he's got to work on decision making for those that don't know not the, the two intertwined but his, his father was played football at purdue and had a decade with the New England Patriots, and has got him a couple Super Bowl rings. So his father played basketball and football at Broad Ripple in the early '90s. was was outstanding at both sports, and obviously chose football. and And, and of course, he's had a fine he had a fine career at Purdue and a fine career in the NFL. Um, Miles really likes to shoot the ball. He he can score it. I think he'd be interesting to see what he's becomes as he moves more without the basketball. Um, But offensively, he's, he's, he's a good athlete. He can get, he can spring up on somebody and and dunk over people. He's, you know, he's definitely trying to. Um, And then the rest of it is just the mental part of it is playing through and how does he handle the game when it's not coming to him? You know, that's, that's going to be a big part of where it goes from there because really I, he's probably going to be a more of a two at the college level. Um, that's where I think he fits in the best defensively especially. So if he's not primary ball handler, if the ball is not coming through him, you know, he's got to prove more and more how good he is off without the basketball. But offensively, pretty skilled. And, and as complete a score as there could be in this class and look for him to have a big jump in production at Heritage Christian this year. And um, even though they return everybody, including him, they return their top six or seven guys, look for him to be kind of one of their top two or three guys, if, if not their top guy offensively. So um, speaking of numbers, st- Deaglin Sullivan, let's talk about him.
1: Yeah, he's a really tough guard out of Marion up here. Uh, he can play the one. He might have to this year with Jerry Bracy gone. It'll be interesting to see what, what they do there with him. If he does end up playing the one, they have Richard Brooks back also. So yeah. uh, we'll see what happens there. Not just uh, back. He, Deagland, didn't, he didn't well, play, right? right he's, he didn't yeah, play. Yeah, transfer. Yeah. yeah. They have him on the, on the Varsity squad this year, I should say, because he played some JV. Yep. Uh, Diglin's a do-it-all guard, can take over a game at times. Uh, to use one of your terms, the ball does stick with him a little bit sometimes, but uh, he's mostly under control. He's He can come off screens, really hard worker coming off screens, loves shooting threes, but at the same time, he's, he'll also put the ball in the deck and take you to the basket and score on you too. Can finish over bigs real easily. Uh, terror on defense. Just He's a really scrappy gym rat. Really good player.
0: It, his movement without the basketball is what intrigues me. I mean, obviously, yeah. he shoots the ball really well. We we played him a couple times last summer, and they hung with us. Um, you know, we didn't know much about him the first time. I think the second time, we are a little bit more prepared. But they really hung with us the first time, and then – a lot of it was behind his shooting and, and one of the other guards who I can't or one of the forwards, I can't remember which one it was, but um, he was impressive. And I, I didn't know that I thought he would come in and average about 13 points a game as a freshman though. Yeah. Um, a lot of that was physical stature though, just because he was thin. Sure. Um, but man, they love him up there. No question. Oh, and they yeah. should, he, he shoots the ball. I mean, he's one of the best shooters in the class
1: and right. Right. You know, like, this that's hard not to like. <laughs> yeah, he's, um, he's under the radar for a lot of other people. Not many people know about Deglin. Yeah, I and think having,
0: that's that's a function of geography.
1: Him on, have him on
0: very high on lists, yeah. You know, if Ivy would have stayed there last year, they would have played. Now, he probably wouldn't have got as many touches. But, I mean, you talk about no different than Bo Patton trying to change what he was doing coming into la- coming into this year. I'm sure Michael Kamarian had to really adjust once Ivy decided he was gonna transfer to La Lamer. Right. Um it, it, it I mean definitely changed not only their balance, but but changed just the amount of touches kids are gonna get. I don't know if you decide, I don't know if Sullivan was gonna get a lot of varsity minutes or not. I really don't know. I'm speculating. I'm I'm sure if anybody benefited from from Ivy, from Ivy leaving and going to La would would have been Sullivan as far as his usage. So, sure. Um, well, let's move into, let's move into Joey Hart. Um, since there's some issues as to where he's ranked in the class, maybe a little bit, but we definitely didn't go in order. We didn't go in order, but
1: no, no, you know,
0: look, rankings are subjective um, you know, I don't, you know, our, anytime we have rankings, we're not going to make them public. So that's not even remotely what our intention is on, on, on that, on that side of it. Um, by design, because any, anything we do in that regard are going to be aimed at college coaches reading what we write and, there's a whole part of this website that people haven't seen yet and and people won't see. Um, There are certain rules that we have to abide by with the NCAA that we can't restrict it, but um, if you wanna see that part of it, you're gonna have to pay for it like a college coach would. And one of the things that I know is that as you and I talk about kids, we, we come to conclusions you know, I see more of them in the summer right now than you do. Right. So a lot of that is exhibited in our, in our, what our rankings are. And, um, but each, each person, each group, each organization, however, that structure is broken down is, it it still is a subjective process. And, and I think Joey Hart's one of the best shooting guards in the class. There's no question about that. I think he's up there with, I mean, we have not gone in order by design. Um, but, you know, him and Slaughter are right there top that list. Yeah, for sure. And, and for my money, offensively, and a, part of this is my view of what I like about basketball, he is as complete an offensive player as there is in this class. And a lot of it is his movement without the ball. A lot of it is his size. He's 6'4". He can be a primary ball handler. He shoots the ball extremely well. It's a quick release. Um, He is a good enough athlete. He can definitely get at the rim. And I love his first step either direction. We've played him this year. I thought we did as good a job as anybody on him is what I've seen. Um, the other kid we had, and then the kid we had a hard time with, which good for me being the Carmel guy was Sam Orm on that same team. Um, but a lot of what made Joey hard to guard and what absorbed a lot of our focus was just his ability without the basketball, just moving into catches. I mean, he is, you know, a lot of these guys we talk about, we can find little things about them that we, that need to improve. I mean, you know, you can really break it down to finer points on on each of these guys, but one thing is yeah. apparent: is he is as complete with the ball, without the ball, catch off the dribble, as anybody in this class, and definitely anybody in this position at this position. And I don't think it's an exaggeration to think that right now the only thing that would keep him from getting some high major offers is just. Can he put on weight? Can he can he keep it on? Is he going to get stronger? He's a thin kid. Um, you know, his dad was a heck of a high school basketball player. His dad was a good player in college. Um, current coach, right? Current coach at Linton. Yep. He's grown up around kids that were talented. You know, he's he knows what it's like to hear guys like Brody Boyd, Jared Chambers, all those dudes that came through there in the in the nineties and you know there's a not that he's saw them play but my my point there is is that there's a lot of good talent from that area the they know what good looks like and he's good <laughs> he's really good and you know he's it's going to take a lot to bump him off a top list you know off a top part of a list anytime soon yeah um you know, and, if the, and look, there's guys that are scratching at the surface. I mean, we've talked about Moss and Slaughter and all those guys. Look, none of these guys – I don't know – I look at any of these guys and think they're definite high majors. But but there's a handful that have a chance. Um, he's one of them. And, as, again, as subjective as it is, I'm fairly, fairly confident he's going to be – I mean, he's got an Indiana State offer. It is – I mean, that's a hell of an offer, and that's not that's, – that's not a uh, – that's – you know, you don't offer a kid that young unless you, you really believe he's going to help your program. Right, and the only one on this list that does have the offer. He's the only one on this list, yeah. There's only three kids in this class that have offers right now. Um, Hooks, Gibbs, and Hart. And it's it's not – there's no other reason for him to have that offer than the fact that Indiana state thinks he's going to be damn good. And they want to get in on him early because definitely he'd be a kid that wouldn't go that far from home just to play at a high major. You know, if, if Midwest high majors get involved with him, then Indiana state's probably in trouble. But, but if, if, I don't know, you know, you know, if somebody in a different part of the country comes in high major wise and looks at him, he might stay and go to Indiana State. Um, but no, I, I love the kid. I think he's got a chance to be really good. I mean, he's already really good. Um, one of the Linton kids transferred to Northview, by the way. And I'm going to – I think it's Webb. I don't know. I need to confirm that. It's Webb Cook. Is I'm sure I'll be told which one later, but <laughs> – but um one of those sophomores transferred to Northview. And um, you know, they're still gonna have Hale, they're still gonna have Hart, and then they're still gonna have the other one, the other sophomore. And and then they've got the uh what's the kid's last name? Brandon. It's escaping my name now. They got a freshman, six four, six five freshman that's transferred transferred is probably a loose word but moved over from Sullivan to Linton last year and I think he repeated the eighth grade but he's going to be a guy that will play a lot as a freshman for Linton this year but but yeah I, I like harden off a lot. Um, I'd have a hard time not thinking he he doesn't deserve to be at the top of the list but but it is what it is it's like I said it's subjective. You you have you seen him play yet? No, just a little bit on film. Yeah, and he I, he's the real deal. Yeah, I think so. I yeah, I mean he's again he's got some he's got some strength issues he's going to have to answer, but that's only if you know again you start talking about high major kids you're talking about sometimes you get in the discussion of what they can't do versus what they can do. Yeah. Um. I mean, it wouldn't be too difficult to look at a kid like him or slaughter. And, and think, man, what, what's he going to look like when he's really, you know, in Slaughter's case, it's his jump shot. In Hart's case, it's just physical, it's just his body, you know, and, and maybe, and Joey may not be done growing. You know, that remains to be seen. I don't know that he's got a ton left, but 6'5, six, 6'6 six, six looks a little different on paper than 6'4. Hate to think one inch makes up a lot, but it, it kind of does. Yeah. Recruiting wise, at least. Sure. Um, uh, one last kid, Cooper Horn, who got a lot of varsity time last year at Columbus North and, and you know, averaged about eight, nine points a game. And there would be – I mean, you could kind of pencil him in every game from six to 12 points for them last year. I thought he was one of their better defenders. He's a tough kid. He's strong. He could handle the ball for them quite a bit. There's a case to be made. Maybe he's a point guard. Maybe he's a primary ball handler. But just haven't seen enough of him in that area, especially since high school. Um, Good outside shooter. It's still sort of a set shot. You know, would like to see what it looks like coming off the screen, if he can just catch and lift immediately into a shot. Uh, Haven't seen that part of him yet. But he's a mentally tough kid. He, he's a competitor. Um, you know, and, and he would be a kid that um, – well, I mean, they they graduated a decent amount of guys there at Columbus North. They're still going to have Barker. But they, they graduated their second leading scorer, Nicholas uh, Schiavello. I think Cooper's going to absorb a lot of those touches And and should. So – Um, Southern Indiana kid. I imagine you've not had a whole lot of exposure to him. No, none. Um, but those are the guys. I I think there's a little bit of a gap from there. It's still, it's still a good class. I mean, it's still a good class at that position. Um, anybody
1: you think we missed? Uh, or even anybody that you've seen that you liked, not necessarily just so a few guys that that I'd like to see more of as moving forward here in the next couple seasons. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, I think AJ Lux at crown point. His, his father TJ of course was a great player at Merrillville and was the head coach at Merrillville until last year. And, and AJ's, um, one of the better shooters in the class. And the interesting thing with him is again, a kid I've known for a while, he's how much he grows. If he could be six, five, six, six with that shot, then things start to change a little bit for him. He's really thin. That's a deal. That's going to have to, that's going to have to change. A lot of that's out of his control. Um, the growing is out of his control for sure, but, but you look at him, he's literally all elbows and knees, and he's – God love him. He's a goofy-looking kid, and I say that in the best way possible. I and mean, one day he's going to grow into all those – into his limbs and have a chance to be kind of a different kid. Um, and then a guy that I've not seen yet but had a heck of a year as a freshman at a school that I would imagine nobody's heard of. Purdue Polytechnical. Uh, It's an Indianapolis school. It's a Purdue charter school, a lot of the same way that Muncie Burris is a charter school for Ball State. Kid's name is just Deshaun Primus. I've not seen him play. I've seen his stats. He had a great year statistically. Looks like probably more of a slasher. Uh, But that's definitely a guy that I'm going to want to see play this season. Um. And then anybody else, anybody you saw that you liked that we didn't name?
1: Um, I saw him early on, Jackson Gold from, from Warsaw. Yeah. yeah, no
0: doubt. He was, yeah, we need
1: he – he's nice, yeah. Pretty solid uh, defender. Um, he can handle the ball a little bit also. Tough guy, tough player. I liked him a little bit. Be good to see him this uh, this season coming up. They've got a lot of inter- interchangeable parts at Warsaw this year. He's yeah. among that group
0: now. Um, and I don't know that any of those older kids are standouts, but they, you know, they'll look Warsaw's Warsaw. Every now and then, you know, they might get somebody that sneaks up and you know that. Give um, you a Kyle Mangus or a. Yeah, or a guy that just really yeah puts up big numbers, but for the most part, they're they're a pretty balanced group, and I think Gold fits yeah. in that in that area. And they've got another six four forward that will will a sophomore that's going to get some varsity time as well. We'll get to him in an upcoming podcast. I'm I'm quite sure. So, um, but anybody uh, anybody else we need to throw out there before? I mean, we've got I mean, there's a lot of kids they could. I can name probably a dozen more.
1: Um I don't see anybody else really that I've I've seen in person or or enough to to talk about. Guys that we miss at the varsity level that
0: Caleb Dewey at Edinburgh had a strong year as a freshman for um as a as a freshman at, at Edinburgh, sorry, as a starter.
1: Um Scrolling next list real quick. No. Nick Nick Thompson from Lures. Is that uh Nalen's? It is, yeah. And and he brother? got,
0: yeah, he, he, that's a good point. He he got some varsity action last year. He got a lot of varsity action last year. I don't know what, what they graduated, but I would expect some more production from him. And a kid I've not seen, but I know had a good year um, last year was Elijah Brown. So Fort Wayne Wayne. think he was a jv kid last year so i shouldn't say that he had a good year because i saw wayne and now i can't remember that they had a freshman but i've heard a lot about him so um but anyway um anything else before we move on to our reads Uh, i don't think so don't think so well i think we knocked that list out today not bad not bad at all um Next week, we'll move into the small forwards. Um, but uh, as always, the uh Indiana podcast is sponsored by Metro Indy Basketball Fall League. The 14th annual Fall League runs on Sundays, October 11th through November 1st. Open registration is for another 10 days. After that, registration will be accepted just to fill gaps in, in what on the rosters that we have. For more information and to register, visit
1: MetroIndieBasketball.com. And you've got one, right? Yeah. Box Out Sports is the leading online graphic solution, giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student-athletes this season. Sign up for a free demo today at BoxOutSports.com.
0: If you want to see – the, the best case uses – or best case – or best usage scenarios for that. Follow uh, Chris Hawkins on Twitter. He's the uh, head basketball coach at Crispus Attics. He's also their athletics director. And
1: he uses it, I mean, damn near every day.
0: He yeah, does a great – he does a great any job. Sport,
1: any sport they use it with. Yeah. Not just basketball. It can be any sport, yeah.
0: And he does it for all of it. He's, he's fantastic with it. I'm sure there's others, but he's just a friend that
1: he's a friend of mine for many years
0: that I follow him on Twitter. I follow him on all social media. So I, all I get is Christmas Attic stuff sometimes, but, but he is seriously, if you're a school coach or you're an athletics director and you don't know much about it yet, um, even though it is part of your, probably the package you use for your website. Yeah. VNN. Um, Look up Chris Hawkins on social media on Twitter, and on Instagram, he uses it to death in an effective way. So, shows a lot of its nice features that it has, and then you use it too, Zach. So, yep, we we'll to figure. We're going to have to figure out how to make it a little bit bigger part of what we do. So, Courtside Indiana podcast is now available on Apple Podcast and Spotify. You can subscribe to both. Uh, subscribe to the podcast at both places, as well as SoundCloud give us a chance or get a chance to give us a rating and review. We'd appreciate it. Five stars would be greatly appreciated. And subscribing to the podcast, will have it delivered straight to your phone, your tablet, tablet, or your desktop, uh, depending on which app you use. So Zach, anything else we do before we close it up?
1: No, beautiful weather week coming up. Look forward to getting outside some more here before the, the fall weather really takes hold. I'm looking forward to finding a,
0: situation tonight where i can put an nba game on one tv and the nfl game on the other there you go thanks for listening and I look forward to having you back next week